Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the healthcare needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. On this episode of Health Matters, I'm delighted to have Erin Riley. Erin's going to introduce herself, um, and she's going to talk about an important topic of conflict resolution. So Erin, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself, and welcome to Health Matters. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for having me today. Um, so a little bit about myself. I am a uh, clinical assistant professor in the physical therapy program at Sargent. I've been, um, I, I was, I'm an alumni, so I was a student at Sargent also in the physical therapy program. And I've been practicing for about 17 years. Um, my clinical background is mostly in neurological physical therapy in um, specifically treating patients with brain injuries. And um, I started teaching probably about 10 years ago, and I've been at BU now for seven years as one of the directors of clinical education. So my role in the program is to help uh, students uh, match to their clinical experiences, um, which is called fieldwork in some programs. But it's, you know, it's basically when they go into the clinic full time and practice under the supervision of a, of a licensed physical therapist. And um, so throughout the years, I really have become um, very kind of fascinated by conflict itself, just the concept of conflict, because I remember being a new physical therapist. And one of the areas that um, I really don't think I was prepared for either in my personal life or really in, in school at the time, you know, 20 years ago, was really how to talk to people and resolve conflict and not just negative conflict, but, um, you know, healthy conflict as well. I didn't have those skills. So now, um, you know, I've been working with, uh, you know, patients with brain injuries and their families. And that's a really, um, that can be full of uh, both healthy and, and unhealthy conflict, right? That those are people going through very traumatic times in their life. And um, when we are taking care of people in those situations, there's a lot of difficult conversations to navigate. So I think I became interested in conflict even as a clinician. And, um, and now having students in the clinic all over the country one of the, um, you know, one of the things that I noticed was when students were really having a tough time, um, which is rare, but they, they do sometimes out in the real world. It, a lot of it is about their, their perception of themselves and their identity and their feelings and how those enter into the conversations in the clinic. So I think there's been several areas of my life that have kind of led me down this road to, 
study conflict and think about conflict and talk about conflict. Conflict, conflict, conflict. <laughs> well, you know, it's a lot of people, you know, think of conflict as negative. And I was pleased to say, I'm pleased to hear you say that it doesn't have to always be negative. So can you share maybe, you know, a scenario, it doesn't have to be a lived experience, a scenario where conflict, resolving conflict, you know, doesn't have to be a negative. Oh, sure. I mean, I think, so the way I think about conflict is, um, you know, almost every one of our conversations with each other as human beings has some kind of element of conflict if any of us have a differing opinion or have to compromise. So I just think about going out to dinner with my friends and everyone wants to order an appetizer and you have to agree on what appetizer to order for the table. Like, I think it can be as simple as that, that the healthy conflict where you all agree to pick one thing. And then if we're talking about healthcare, you know, a lot of times in the hospital, we'll talk about, well, where should this patient go when they leave the hospital? Should they go home? Should they go to another facility? And we might have a physical therapist saying something, an occupational therapist, a speech therapist, a physician, a nurse, all having their own input. Where does this patient go? Um, and, you know, it's it, when conflict is, is healthy, it involves more compromising and more collaborating. And where you have the potential for that unhealthy conflict is when there's conflict avoidance or people are yielding to others when it's not appropriate or maybe there's too much competition within a team. Um, but when there's compromise and collaboration, then, um, then the team works well. You know, I love that you said that because, you know, when we go out and practice, most of the time we are going to be working in a team. I did like going out to, to, to dinner and making decisions. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was great. So as we begin to develop skills in conflict resolution um, or dealing with conflict, negotiation skills come in there too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's one skill that our, our, our students have to have to learn and, and we try to, what can be really difficult is really getting that started in the classroom, those kinds of skills, because one of the only ways to really teach those skills is to have people practice those skills. So I think even more recently with COVID, we've been very challenged to not just introduce the concepts of conflict and what conflict is and how we navigate it, but also are we having our our students practice this before they go out into the clinic. And, um, you know, they, we, so we've been doing some activities on Zoom for them, um, but a lot of it is, is role modeled by our clinical partners in the clinic as well, which we're always really grateful for. So um, I love that role modeling. Can you give us some examples of um, that successful role modeling that will help guide our students in the future? Yeah, so I have often found that the people who are our best role models for our students in the clinic are the clinicians who look at their own roles and their own identities as a mentor or a teacher versus a grader. Um, they look at themselves as a future colleague of a student instead of um, you know, really making sure the student is crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's. Um, so it's that, it's, again, it's that collaborative nature. 
between a student and an instructor. And of course, there are times where, you know, there's assessments that are happening. And I think that can also be very challenging for the identity in, a, in any difficult conversation because an instructor always has an element of power in a relationship with a student. Um, most of the time, there's that power um, uh, differential. So the instructor who can kind of stay on a student's level a little bit more is always helpful use their own experience and their own wisdom and their own clinical examples um, without making the student feel like they are, you know, really just being assessed over and over and over again. I think that's when the most productive um, instructor-student relationships happen in, in, the, in the classroom and in the, in, and in the clinic, you know, in my opinion. So I, instead of thinking as an instructor, I am right, maybe thinking, I am going to offer you my perception and interpretation and experience, and let's talk about this. And maybe from the student's perspective, instead of thinking, wow, I'm very afraid of failure right now, thinking, oh, I'm a future physical therapist and I, or, or future healthcare professional, and I'm here to, to learn and I'm here to actually make acceptable mistakes. That's great. And that's not, you know, that's not easy because it takes courage mm -hmm. and the development of confidence. It, yeah. Courage, confidence, vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. <laughs> so, you know, it, it takes um, really uh, being on each other's level, I think, and, and being, a, being comfortable with talking about uh, feelings as well. Right, so we know that our students can sometimes be very enthusiastic about learning and they can be very positive about learning, but at the same time can be very apprehensive and anxious about performance. And talking about those feelings can also help resolve conflict that might be brewing underneath the surface that, haven't, that hasn't been shared. So, I think about, um, when we talk about conflict, I think about models, and this is like an old model from um, like organizational behavior, but the, the ladder of inference. So thinking about how we uh, perceive another individual in a conversation where we start from, okay, what am I actually seeing? What am I hearing? What is the actual data that I'm collecting from this experience with this person? All the way through, am I putting my own assumptions and meaning into this conversation? Am I adding my own interpretation into this conflict? And then reaching an action that might not be correct. Can I kind of climb down this ladder and ask the other person before I jump to a conclusion? Erin, this is so helpful. Um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. No, I think I love this this image of the ladder that you were describing. Um, yeah, and I think it's helpful if you, um, you know, we had one of uh, we had a workshop for our clinical partners, and it was one of the contributors to the book um, Difficult Conversations that's out of the, the Harvard group. Um, and it, you know, it's a, it is, again, I think it's 
from the 90s. And it is a book that has served me so well in just thinking about the way I have taught, I, I, I have communication and conversations with others. And um, when we sat down at this, at this talk, she mentioned not just thinking about our own viewpoints as the ladder, but then getting off of our ladder and climbing up the other person's ladder so that we're not both just shouting from the tops of ladders at each other. We are going through and trying to learn the, get down from all of our experiences and get up someone else's experiences so you can have a, a shared perspective. I love that imagery. Um, it sounds like with whatever direction you go on the ladder and whose ladder that listening is key. Absolutely. And, and being authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which ties in with the vulnerability and um, and trying not to have yourself or put anyone else on a pedestal, which I think is can be very challenging for our students also, is to think of their instructors as human beings who make mistakes and um, authentic human beings, uh, because it all it all just kind of contributes to everyone's sense of belonging when, um, when we're able to share each other's perspectives. Yeah, that's, it's wonderful. And you shared a lot about students. So let's do a shift to um, COVID now. Okay. And conflict resolution. Um, have you seen any examples where um, you've had to really use your conflict resolution skills and negotiation skills um, with addressing, you know, being an essential healthcare worker and COVID. Sure. Um, you know, I still practice at, um, at Spalding Rehab Hospital in Charlestown um, once a week, even being um, a full-time faculty member. So I've still been in a rehab hospital um, the entire time that this has been going on. And I think that there have been many examples of some re like really positive conflict resolution that I have seen. And I'm lucky to work in a place that has a lot of resources. So we have risen to challenges, um, in, like PPE challenges, challenges with being able to help people when we are supposed to be distanced from people. Um, I think right now, a lot of what um, we're all trying to navigate is this new level of trust with each other. Um, it's really hard to get close to people and you can actually make someone feel very violated by being in their space these days, but yet you still have to work in a hospital. So navigating those challenges and just being upfront and direct and talking about what makes us feel safe and talks of talking about how we are trusting each other in these times. Um, educating patients about how we deserve their trust right now. Um, and again, I think this leads back to uh, really talking about things that maybe weren't really discussed, at least when I was a student, right? Talking about feelings, talking about how we are feeling in the moment to help resolve a, a conflict that, that, again, may not be negative. It might be just, you're closer than six feet to me right now and we need to talk about it, <laughs> right? Simple as that. That's a conflict. Yeah, no, that's that's really a, a great example. And I want to thank you for being an essential worker during this time. Not only, you know, are you teaching at BU, but you're providing direct 
um, services, physical therapy services uh, to clients at Spalding. I have to say that when all of this was happening in March and April, and we were really locked down, um, I have never been more grateful to work in a hospital. And I, there, there was just this cognitive dissonance with, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to go into a place where there's a lot of people around all the time, but also at the same time, being able to just leave my house and get out of my own head for that day, um, you know, despite the anxiety of being in that environment um, was, uh, I was actually grateful for that. So I appreciate you thanking me, but also I think it did a lot for my mental health to, to actually be working through that. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's really great because that's really um, being a role model to our students as well. Um, because if they can see you being able to practice during these very challenging times, and the meaningfulness of it to you personally, I think is a great um, demonstration of you know, what they're going to face or are facing if they're in clinical practice and face-to-face and -face, um, with a client. Sure, sure. And it's, it, like I said, it's just everyone needs to feel safe these days. And so that's what I'm trying to help our students with a lot of the time right now is how do they feel safe, you know, still going out into the world, still providing excellent health care and navigating this really challenging time when it's maybe their first time in a hospital, um, which I, I, we won't be able to take that, um, those feelings away, but hopefully we can help them navigate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and acknowledging those feelings are really important. Sure. So what happens if someone says, after listening to this episode, I don't know where to begin to develop conflict resolution skills. I'm not in a course with Aaron, um, and, and you know, these may be alums listening and other people. How do, they, how do they begin to develop those skills? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of great resources available right now. Um, in just like the, the, the book I mentioned, Difficult Conversations, um, out of the Harvard group, I think that's a great place to just start because that really is just about how do we have individual conversations with each other and it has nothing to do with healthcare. Um, it's just, you know, you could apply it to really any situation in life. Um, and then, you know, just a quick kind of glance at the internet. There are so many articles on conflict in healthcare that you know, this is definitely not a new topic by any means. So the nice thing is there's lots of literature and lots of great peer reviewed, um, you know, evidence-based articles on conflict in healthcare available. And even today, um, you know, what has really come to light is how much conflict is, um, you know, stemming from our political system, from racial injustice, um, and they are now more than ever, there are so many opportunities for, um, for resources in those areas as well. Um, so I would, um, I, I mean, anyone can email me. I can, you can make my email available because it's almost, um, it, it's almost a case by case basis of the appropriate resource for somebody because there is so much out there right now on conflict. Great, thank you, thank you. How about um, just sharing your email? Sure. So my email is, um, I'll say it first and then I'll spell it. So it's erileypt at bu.edu. 
E-R-I-L-E-Y-P-T, as in physical therapist, at bu.edu. Erin, oh, thank you so much. Um, this has been really so informative um, and it's given me more confidence too. So, oh, thanks, Karen. That's nice of you. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for being on Health Matters. And for our listeners, thank you for joining us today. 